From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. I'm your host, John Bisney. My guests today are API's Chief Economist, John Felmy, and API Senior Policy Analyst, Mark Kibbe. Both of these men are very knowledgeable about the subject we're discussing today, putting the earnings of the oil and natural gas industry into perspective, and we'll also discuss the very latest proposals in Congress to impose new taxes on the industry and, and what that could mean. Now, these earnings, like those of all U.S. companies, come out quarterly, and we're expecting the next round to be reported for the second quarter of 2007, uh, starting next week. John Felmy, what are you expecting? Well, at this point, there are three key factors to go into earnings. What's the price of oil? What's the price of natural gas? And refinery margins. Oil prices were down year over year, gas prices were up, and refinery margins were up. So we'll have to see how those pluses and minuses come together to see what the earnings will be. But how much of the increase do you think, and if there is an increase, which a lot of people are are thinking, can be attributed to this recent issue with refinery capacity and, and higher gasoline prices? Well, the key factors that affect refinery margins um, are what are the supply and demand conditions for gasoline, and that relates to, first of all, production of gasoline, imports of gasoline, and how demand has come together. Uh, We've seen record amounts of production of gasoline this year, and we've seen imports mixed. Uh, At the same time, demand has continued to grow at historical levels, and so it's meant a tight market for gasoline. A lot of people are saying, some critics are saying, that this industry has purposely reduced refinery output just to be able to raise gasoline prices. Any truth to that? Those arguments are utter nonsense. The industry has produced record amounts of gasoline this year. We've tried to import gasoline wherever it was possible, but there were some challenges in Europe. But at the same time, we've witnessed strong demand for gasoline. So it's simply been the fundamentals of supply and demand. But, you know, I mean, in some cases, these have been called record earnings in the past, at least from a dollar number. And certainly we've heard that phrase. What do you say to consumers who aren't really happy to be hearing those two things juxtaposed, uh, record industry earnings and pretty high prices for gasoline? You've got to put the earnings in perspective in terms of how much of that dollar of gasoline that you're paying for goes to earnings. For the first quarter, it was about 9.1 cents in a dollar, which is much less than many other industries and about average for manufacturing. In terms of records, it's helpful to understand that there are records because you've merged a couple big companies together, so the numbers have gotten larger. Second of all, with mergers, you've had huge amounts of cost-cutting that goes further to the bottom line. Third, you've produced record amounts of product and sold record amounts of product, and so if you manage your business properly, you'll do better. And finally, you have seen some improvements in the price of oil and gas, which helps the supply side of the industry. And margins for refiners have increased at least from where they were in 2000 when you saw refiners losing money. I think it's important to mention, John, to stress again how cyclical an industry this is. That's absolutely right. It's a cyclical industry. Only a few years ago, refiners, for example, were losing money. If you go back to the late 90s, you saw the industry in a deep depression uh, with very low or negative earnings for some companies, and now they've improved. You need a healthy, vibrant industry to be able to supply consumers adequately. And what happens to these earnings? What do the companies do with all that money? Companies use their earnings in several ways. First, they make major investments. Uh, The investments the companies are making are in excess of their net income in an absolute sense. 
Second of all, they pay their owners, which are their shareholders. So, for example, they'll pay dividends. They'll also uh, buy back stock to help support their shareholders. They'll keep retained earnings uh, for uh, future uh, questionable periods. And those investments also, I would like to note, are both for conventional oil and gas to help consumers and also for the future of energy. Yeah, that stock buyback thing has been controversial recently. What do you say to somebody who says, isn't that money, wouldn't that money be better used investing in expanding your refineries than buying back your own stock? Well, first, we're already expanding the existing refineries. Well, we haven't built a new refinery in 30 years. We've expanded the existing capacity, the equivalent of a new refinery every year for the last 10 years, and the trends seem to indicate that will continue. But it's the executive's fiduciary responsibility of the companies to spend the money in an appropriate way that helps their shareholders. That can be their investments, it can be share buybacks, or it can be dividends. Those are key questions that each executive has to face. Okay, now Mark Kibbe is here with us today as well, API Senior Policy Analyst, and he follows very closely what's going on in Congress. Mark, it's no secret that some lawmakers see this high dollar amount of earnings, and they want to slap this industry with new taxes. That's absolutely tr true, John. Um, right now, um, Congress is considering energy legislation, both in the uh, House and the Senate. Um, I guess our, our point, our, our big concern is we don't have the luxury right now of, of picking and choosing between energy resources. We need all the energy we can get in this country. And some of the policies, certainly the tax policies included in um, both the House and the Senate bill, would very much discourage new oil and gas production in the United States. It would discourage new refinery investment in this country. And those are both things we're going to need for a long, long time. Um, while it certainly is a, a worthy policy goal to pursue alternative and renewable energy resources, we still have to remember in this country we're going to need oil and natural gas for a very long time. And we can't do, do policy changes that will... Um, cause those supplies to diminish to the detriment of consumers. And what is before the House and Senate right now? This is a strictly the concept of a, a sort of an across-the-board tax on earnings, or how are the bills structured? Well, there's there's some common themes in both of the bills. Um, both of them include a, a basically a repeal of a tax provision that was designed back in 2004 to encourage U.S. job creation. And among the many, many industries that were eligible for this uh, um, tax change, were the, uh, was the oil and gas industry, um, and now Congress is looking to take that back. And again, what was that bill designed to do? It was designed to spur investment in this country, create U.S. jobs in this country, and by taking that back, you're just going to push a lot of that investment overseas that otherwise could be um, incorporated into this country and create jobs here and, and more sub domestic pro domestically produced supplies. We know the sponsors of these bills, Mark, often say, we are going to take this money, we need this money, and use it to invest in alternatives. Uh, what's wrong with that? Well, there's nothing wrong with investing in alternatives. Um, the question is, do you take the money out of an industry that is critical to supplying energy today? Um, we certainly want to look to tomorrow, but let's not forget what we're using today, and we're using a lot of oil and natural gas. Another thing folks forget is, U.S. oil and gas companies are paying tremendous amounts in taxes already to this government. Um, from 2004 to 2005, the taxes paid by the 29 largest energy-producing com companies increased 49% from $45 billion to $67 billion. And that's a lot of money right there that could be invested in alternative energy should Congress decide to do that. 
Yeah, I think John Felmy, that's an important point to make too, which we we talk about, which is that the component of the price of gasoline that is represented by taxes already. Yes, if you look at the share of that dollar that you pay in uh, for gasoline, about nine cents is earnings, and about eighteen or nineteen cents is taxes. So we're already, uh, you know, getting a smaller share than what the government is getting out of that gallon of gas you're paying for. Yeah. So, Mark, the basic message here, I think, that this industry is giving to lawmakers is be careful because uh, you might interfere through these tax bills with uh, more domestic production, which everybody seems to think we need. And also you could hurt uh, very good paying uh, American jobs in this industry. That's right. Congress, <clears throat> excuse me, Congress is talking a lot these days about energy independence and the need to produce more energy here at home. Again, some of these policies they're talking about will do just the opposite, and that certainly won't benefit consumers. John, does that surprise you? I mean, it's almost as though it's a sort of a punitive thing. I mean, here this industry is uh, really producing, as you know, record amounts right now of gasoline and, and diesel and, and other fuels, and yet somehow uh, the oil and gas industry has been targeted by some in Congress. Well, it's really unfortunate because if you look at the facts, the industry is working very hard. Uh, the oil and gas industry is 1.9 million Americans working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to help consumers. Uh, we're also an industry that's owned by tens of millions of Americans through their retirement plans. So these uh, political actions that are going on in Washington harken back to the days of 25 years ago and failed energy policy back then. Uh, we need to not repeat the mistakes of the past. We need to produce an energy policy that increases supplies of all energy, reduces demand and helps consumers use energy wisely, and improve our infrastructure. That's an energy policy that needs to be enacted. Mark, uh, what could Congress do in, in a positive way? I don't know if it's through the tax code, but to pursue a good, sensible energy policy for the country from your point of view. Sure. I think I think the most important point to be made is, you know, Congress do no harm. I mean, we need to do everything we can to spur all forms of energy, and that includes not doing things that are counterproductive to getting that energy into the market. I mean, it's very fundamental. The more supply of energy we get, the, the better off consumers are going to be because there will be less pressure on, um, on prices and everything else. All right. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, let me ask you, uh, give us just a rough timetable for folks that are interested on this legislation. How do you see it playing out through the summer and into the fall? Do you have any rough milestones for us? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a process that's been uh, relatively rocky, but uh, it looks like the House of Representatives may take up some sort of energy legislation towards the end of this month, July. Um, the Senate already passed an energy bill um, without a tax piece um, earlier, about a month ago. So at some point, those two will come together and uh, or presumably come together and we'll see. But again, it's uh, a lot of questions still need to be answered. And uh, hopefully Congress is going to recognize that uh, we need more energy in this country and not less. Yeah, thanks, Mark. My guests today have been API Senior Policy Analyst Mark Kibbe and, of course, our Chief Economist, John Felmy. Thank you both for your time. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.